everyone. Welcome back to Global Game Talks, the podcast hosted by the University of South Carolina's Education Abroad Office. We're here to help answer all of your questions related to study abroad and highlight stories from students, faculty, and staff. My name is John A. Bradley, and I'm so excited to host today's episode featuring Felicia McGill, a junior math and Spanish double major who studied abroad in Puerto Rico. Our conversation touches on studying abroad as an underrepresented student and the presence of Black culture in Puerto Rico. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Felicia. Um, How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to speak to you today. And um, I talked a little bit about it in the intro, um, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your major, um, where you studied abroad or traveled outside of study abroad? Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I'm Felicia, and I'm currently a junior who is double majoring in math and Spanish. And because I'm studying a language, I studied abroad in Puerto Rico at the University of Puerto Rico. And I actually went through the National Student Exchange because since Puerto Rico is a territory, um, you don't have to go through the same processes as if you would go abroad. So that kind of allows you like exchange between places like uh, Hawaii and Guam that kind of feel like it's abroad, but it's technically a part of the U.S. And then um, I'm also planning to go abroad to Japan, either this summer or hopefully next summer through the school. And just personally, I've also been to Asia and Europe with my family in the past. Awesome. So I hope that you get to go to Japan and that everything works out for you there. Um, It sounds like an amazing opportunity. I've always wanted to go. So fingers crossed. And I guess my first question is, so with studying abroad in Puerto Rico, how did you decide on that location? You know, like what were the factors that you took into account when deciding? Mm -hmm. So I knew even in high school that I wanted to study abroad because I'd gone on a trip to Spain and I was taking Spanish then. And my teacher was like, yeah, when you're in college, it's a great opportunity to immerse yourself. So I actually went abroad uh, during my sophomore year, which I feel like is very uncommon. I think most people go as juniors, but I was just, I was really excited. And when I chose Puerto Rico, it actually wasn't my first like idea. I really wanted to go to Mexico because my best friend is Mexican. My stepmother is Mexican. But the programs in Mexico were really expensive. (laughs) They were very, very expensive. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe not Mexico. (laughs) So I saw a flyer about the National Student Exchange and I saw the word Puerto Rico and immediately it got my attention. And it was it was very affordable because I paid to the university uh, here, the University of South Carolina. But then also just, you know, Living there in Puerto Rico, it was a lot cheaper here. I paid housing there, and the housing was probably half of the housing I paid here. So I think it was a a really good choice economically. Awesome. And you mentioned the National Student Exchange, which is a great program that I'm sure not a lot of students really even know about. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and your experience with it? Yeah, so honestly, I'm a math major and they just forwarded um, all the math majors an email (laughs) about the National Student Exchange. But I know if you go to the Student Success Center on campus, there's actually a big flyer about it. But I guess maybe people don't always look at it. I think Mm -hmm. I think people's first instinct when they want to go abroad is the education abroad office. Mm -hmm. But um, the National Student Exchange, they they do market and they are around. And I was actually um, like an ambassador for them last semester. So 
I think sometimes people don't know about it as often because they think maybe you can only go within the continental U.S. But mm -hmm. you really can't. You can even go to Canada, which is not a part of the U.S. So you can go to a lot of different places. Yeah, I think the Student Success Center is actually where I found out about the program as well. Um, so if that seems like something that you're interested in, definitely check out um, that office on campus for more information. So you also mentioned that, you know, you wanted to study abroad in high school, which is amazing. Um, and so besides that, was studying abroad something that you thought you were capable of doing? And I ask this because I also knew that I wanted to study abroad in high school. But when I really thought about it, I wasn't sure if it was something that I could actually do um, because I didn't grow up around, you know, family members who value traveling or had like any similar experiences. So um, besides like the want to travel, did you think it was something that you were capable of doing? Yeah, so I think I come from a very, I guess, like multi-ethnic background, <laughs> you know, uh, so um my grandma, my paternal grandmother was from Japan. So my father is half black, half Japanese. Mm -hmm. And then, as I said, my stepmother is Mexican. So I think I just always grew up being very fascinated by traveling and the world. And as I mentioned, I'd actually, um, I'd gone to, to Asia before when I was in high school. So I think coming into college, I just knew I wanted to go abroad, but for an educational experience. Mm -hmm. I think going with your family is one thing, but being able to live there and go to class and live in the dorms is a whole nother experience. And being the fact I'm a language major, I felt it was, I felt it was really necessary if I wanted to become fluent in Spanish. No, that's amazing. And um, another reason why I asked was because, you know, representation is so important. And, you know, out of the national average of students who study abroad, I believe only 6% are black students. And I think that number is so low, partly because of the lack of representation or, you know, the lack of knowledge about studying abroad and resources. Um, but yeah, it's great that you, you know, grew up in an environment where things like traveling and cultural exchange were encouraged. Um, so that's amazing. And so another really big part of studying abroad is, of course, finances. You know, you have to pay for your trip. Um, so can you tell us about how you um, funded your trip to Puerto Rico and how you plan or are planning to fund your trip to Japan? Yeah, so I think Puerto Rico and Japan, they're very different. Where um, in Puerto Rico, the cost of living is a lot lower than what it is in the continental United States in general, but even South Carolina. So one paying to USC kind of was the same experience had I stayed at home. And as I mentioned, I actually paid rent to the dorm there and it was significantly less. I would say that when I stayed at Capstone my freshman year, I paid about 3,600 a semester. But in Puerto Rico, I believe it was like 1,200 oh, a wow. semester. Wow. Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. I definitely think that it just, you know, depends where people go, because for people who are Spanish majors and go to Spain, it's a very different experience. Mm -hmm. It's very expensive. But if you do go somewhere where the cost of living is lower, you know, you're kind of having a really good time because you have a lot of money. But on the flip side, you know, I do want to go to Japan. And I had recently just received the Gilman Scholarship, which is for Pell Grant recipients, and it helps fund um, traveling abroad. And the cost of living in Japan is 
very high, especially in Tokyo. It's like basically New York City. It's、mm-hmm. very, very expensive. And I won $7,000, which is great, but that、yeah. won't even cover everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my God. Well, congrats on the Gilman. It's nice to see another fellow Gilman scholar.、Um, that's amazing. And <laughs> I definitely want to do an episode about the Gilman、um, later on because it's an amazing opportunity.、Um, But what was your process applying for that like? At the Gilman. So it was very funny. I was applying for actually a research scholarship. And、um, when I was talking to the National Fellowships advisor, she was saying, she was like, oh, you know, are you interested in anything else? And I mentioned, oh, I want to go abroad. And the Gilman literally was due in like 10 days. And she was like, you need to apply for the Gilman. She was like, just apply. And, you know, if you don't get it this round, we can apply again next round. Just fly. And I was like, all right, like thinking, okay, I probably won't get it. So I remember that I kind of wrote it in a very short time span. And I was, I was so ecstatic when I got it because I legitimately was thinking to myself, like, it is two in the morning. This is due at 3 a.m., <laughs> like Eastern Standard Time. I was like, there's just, there's no way I'm going to get this. And Honestly, I think it was just, it was meant to be. <laughs> it was I, just I, meant I think so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. Props to you.、Um, I spent like two months on my essays, and the fact that you were able to do that in such a short amount of time, like that's, that's insane. That's so amazing. So I'm so happy for you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Right. And so,、um, so, regarding your time abroad, so. How did you adjust to the culture? You know, did you do any research? Well, I guess you, you did do research before you went.、Um, <laughs> but was it like anything? Like, did you go in with any expectations?、Um, were you shocked by anything that you saw? Like, how did you adjust to the culture there? And were there any challenges? So, I definitely prepared a lot because it was a language immersion program. So, I actually got a job at a Puerto Rican restaurant here in Columbia. It's on Percival Road near Fort Jackson. And,、um, you know, the owner, she was from San Juan, and everyone spoke Spanish. A lot of our customers only spoke Spanish.、Mm-hmm. So, it was kind of like a taste of Puerto Rico before going. But also, you know, a very good family friend of mine is Puerto Rican. But, you know, most of my life, I think I, the only Puerto Rican people I'd known were very fair skinned, and the people at the restaurant were more around my complexion. But I never really met anyone who is like Afro Latino. So I guess, like, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of the media's perception or the representation of Puerto Rican people is Jennifer Lopez. And everyone who's Puerto Rican does not look like Jennifer Lopez, but、yeah. you don't really see a lot of, you know, Afro. Latino people on the TV or anything like that. So, you know, I kind of had this idea like, oh, you know, there'll be people who, who look like me in Puerto Rico, but I didn't expect for it to be as diverse as it was. And it was such a, a wonderful experience because it was so bizarre to me that even though I'm not Puerto Rican, basically everyone on the island is like, Part black, their ancestors came to the slave trade. And I took a Puerto Rican history course and a literature course there. And that was the first time I had ever learned about slavery with a teacher like teaching it as like, these are our ancestors because I went to a predominantly white school always growing up. And there's always that awkwardness when you learn about slavery, you feel like your teacher, if they're not black, 
feels very uncomfortable. And you just, as a child, or me, let me speak for myself. Let me not project what I think other people feel. For me, it was just always like very uncomfortable. And being in Puerto Rico, I did not expect to go there and like develop this sense of pride because I'm not Puerto Rican, but I recognize that like the black diaspora transcends in many places, the Caribbean being one of them. And I would say in some ways that Puerto Rico and the people there made me so proud to be black. I, my literature teacher, she would always say in Spanish, she'd be like, there's no such thing as good or bad hair. If it grows out of your head, it is good hair. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I've heard that, but like no one had ever said that to me in a classroom. She would make us read literature talking about, you know, race and colorism and she would literally make us look at each other. And she would be like, look at the different skin tones and hair textures in here. Everyone is different, but we're all so beautiful. And she would just always emphasize the African heritage. And it was just, I felt like I was in the twilight zone. I was like, I, I'm from South Carolina, from a small town. Yeah. It, was, it was a very wonderful and beautiful experience. And I think it was something I did not expect, but I definitely needed. Wow, I'm like sitting here taking in that black hair quote and literally everything you just said because that's such like, I just love that so much. And that's such a great experience to have, like especially in a classroom setting. Um, So I'm really happy that you could experience that. And so, you know, because that was such a unique experience, um, how do you think that has opened the door for dialogues, whether back home or while abroad? I was like, you touched on, you know, African culture in Puerto Rico, I'm opening that discussion there. So how would you say that that experience has opened the door um, for conversation, you know, back here in Colombia? I think I would say that for me, it's made me, I guess, a lot more observant and like intentional of just kind of everything I do and the way that I guess race and just things like that play into the role. I think, I think before going to Puerto Rico, I kind of had, I think I kind of had a very defensive view because I'd known a lot of people who I felt didn't like to acknowledge any African heritage. Mm -hmm. And I, I just kind of was feeling that when I went there, everyone would be trying to like deny being black and being in a university setting, it was really the opposite. Mm-hmm. Well, for the people I interacted with, at least. So I think coming back home, I think, I don't want to say it makes me more sensitive, but I think it makes me a lot more mindful of just language that people use and things they say that I never noticed before. And specifically, I'm more observant of people who are not Black who use it because, you know, we know that civilization comes from Africa. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, if you don't look Black or if you can't trace an ancestor to Africa, sometimes people feel like they're not Black. And language and just using the word Black is synonymous for ugly or just things like that. I'm just so much more observant of and have such a lower tolerance for it than I used to before. And mm-hmm. in some ways, that's probably, like, caused me to not I guess like as many people I run into but I think in a realistic way it's just caused me to just be more aware of how people see black people but also like now that I know the history I'm like you you cannot deny being black I'm like you may want to but you can't because I because five million slaves came to the Caribbean I was like their genes had to go somewhere Mm -hmm, exactly (laughs) and I I think it's great that you get that experience you know from traveling abroad because 
Um, even on the conversation of like the African diaspora, a lot of, you know, African-Americans here don't even know that there are Black people and Black cultures in other countries and other places. Um, so I really love that you like brought up that as well. And so this is kind of similar to that, um, but you, you mentioned how like going abroad kind of influenced your kind of ideas and ideals and your thinking now, um, but how has it influenced like your future career path? Like has it influence that in any way or your future like academic goals yes definitely <laughs> so I know that I well I hope to you know do the Peace Corps after undergrad and I would love to teach math in Latin America and mm -hmm. definitely Puerto Rico is not one of the options because you know the Peace Corps predominantly serves um, third world countries and sometimes second world countries mm -hmm. but I guess, as I mentioned before the cost of living is a lot lower in Puerto Rico and it is still a part of the United States but you know, also going there opened up my eyes to like the lack of resources and honestly, the lack of care the, the United States government provides for them. And, you know, a lot of people are still struggling to recover from Hurricane Maria, which was, uh, you know, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And just a lot of my experience there were things that would never happen in, you know, South Carolina, such as like, you know, you, you having to deal with maintenance issues that you just call maintenance. And then in Puerto yeah. Rico, maintenance is like, oh, you deal with it. <laughs> And I would honestly say, I think the experience really toughened me up because it's still nowhere near what it would be like to live in a third world country. Mm -hmm. But I, I genuinely think if I was to go to a third world country after undergrad, never having lived anywhere except in the U.S., I probably would not make it. There's just, there's just no way. People in the Peace Corps, you know, a lot of them don't have running water. They don't have Wi-Fi. Even one person, like, they said they had to have a bat to beat the spiders away, you know, so... <laughs> I think Puerto Rico kind of showed me how to be more independent. I had, they don't have meal plans there. So there is no Chick-fil-A. And I learned how to cook very quickly because I was starving and running out of money. <laughs> and what was your experience like there? So I guess like what, or can you kind of like run us through kind of like a day in the life um, while you were abroad? <laughs> yes, actually funny. My, the um, ambassador position I have at the National Student Exchange, if you go on YouTube on their channel, there is like me doing a day in the life of Felicia at University oh, of Puerto awesome. Rico. But I can definitely give like a verbal version here. So I lived on the fourth floor or the fifth floor, I don't even remember. But it was very odd because there were no other exchange students on my floor. So I was the only one and um, my roommate was Puerto Rican. I was also one of the few people in the program who got a Puerto Rican roommate, which honestly was a blessing because she introduced me to such wonderful people. Mm -hmm. And um, the dorm was right across the street from the university. And the, also the interesting thing is there, not that many people live in the dorm. There's one dorm area and there are three buildings, mm -hmm. but most, because Puerto Rico is a very small island, you know, it can fit in the state of South Carolina. Most people do not live in the dorm whatsoever. So honestly, it's mostly exchange students who live there and then a select few people. So then you can walk across the street to campus and like there it was. And it was the most ideal size because I think USC is a little big for my liking with mm. hills and the traffic. <laughs> But um, UPR is very, you know, it's very like, it's like a small campus you probably see here in the United States where, you know, traffic doesn't drive through. So you can basically get anywhere within 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the campus. And it was just so different. It was so different. You know, I could literally have class at 8.30, like roll out of bed at 
and then like get to and get to class on time and here you know if i had class in uh swearingen my first year and i lived in capstone that was like a 20 minute walk oh my god so, that was pretty <laughs> terrible Puerto Rico was very different but it was the dorm life was it was very fun i and we had kitchens too which i never used a kitchen in capstone like it was there but i didn't use it but in puerto rico i used a kitchen every day three times a day for breakfast lunch and dinner <laughs> So we're definitely gonna have to link the video if you're comfortable with sharing that. Yes, I will link that in the notes. I think that would be a great resource for people to look at, especially if anyone's like interested in Puerto Rico specifically. Okay, and so in your opinion, um, do you think that it's important for underrepresented students to seek out abroad opportunities, or you know, since you're learning Spanish, um, to try things like? Um, participating in cultural exchange or language learning or, you know, just international education in general? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think it's so important for for both sides. I think it's important for the underrepresented groups and those who are more represented because, well, I will first say for, um, you know, going to Puerto Rico, a lot of people have a perception of what being black is. It's black is the color of your skin. And it was really hard for a lot of people to understand that, like, I was black because I had many people tell me who were black Puerto Ricans they'd be like you're not black and I'm like I am black <laughs> and uh, you know a lot of that um a lot of the I guess the misinformation comes to you know the language barrier mm-hmm. and I'm not sure the statistics but I can even say when I look in my language classes and I also take well I, t- I took I'm not currently taking Japanese but I took Japanese when I look around my language classes usually I'm the only black person or one of two and mm-hmm. i would i would guess that you know when people usually speak a second language they did not learn at home usually it is um usually it's white people because if people speak a second language it's usually a part of their culture if they are a person of color and i think when you know when people can speak another language they can inform other people about their culture and you know only white students are learning Japanese, learning Spanish. People who only speak Spanish, only speak Japanese are going to think, okay, America must only be white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, also for what really it does for underrepresented people, I think, I think it's so important, you know, everyone knows it's important to learn about other cultures and expand yeah. your knowledge. But I think, I think in a just a special sense it can just show you how much more connected the world is like what I was saying about Puerto Rico I don't necessarily know when people think of studying abroad they think of going to the Caribbean for the black experience I don't think that's like people's first pick but it was such a wonderful experience it was it's it was so weird to sit in a class where everyone had curly hair and like afros like that that like threw me for a loop there were so many afros i'd I'd never in my life seen like just so many different hair textures and just even to go in a store and they like have foundations that actually match your skin tone (laughs) that like you know what i mean like just like really minute things or even like me always being really hesitant to go to a hair salon because I'm like, will they know how to do my hair? Mm, exactly. Just, you know, just small things like that to even larger things, having a teacher instill in you a pride and just knowledge about your culture that, you know, I feel like here in the U.S. when we learn about slavery, as I mentioned, it's very awkward. I think everyone is trying to like, get through it as quick as possible, but it wasn't like that. And 
you know, that extends to other underrepresented groups too. I think, you know, for Hispanic people or like my stepsisters who are Mexican, I think going abroad would be a wonderful opportunity for them to learn about other cultures. I mean, just, I really think for anyone who's underrepresented, not just black people, there's so much to take in from, as you said, um, I guess, international education. Okay, perfect. And um, so on that note, like what advice would you give another student who's thinking about going abroad that still has like some of those fears about like, um, you know, am I going to stand out? Am I going to be judged? Um, can I even pay for this? Like what, um, I guess, like general tips or like reassurance would you give to those students? Wow. That's a loaded question. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that's a lot. Um, well, first, I always like to point out it's important that everyone goes somewhere different, right? So my experience in Puerto Rico is not going to be someone's experience who went to Spain. And then I think it's always really important to acknowledge, like, the fact, since this is a verbal podcast, like, I am lighter skinned, I am ethnically ambiguous, and I attribute a lot of the lack of racism I have experienced to that fact. I know the experience would be very different for someone who is darker skinned. I think that's also really important to take into consideration as well. And then also a lot of it just has to do with the people you meet. And I think, I think to reassure people, I would say it's important, you know, it's important to get out there because I had lots of people say to me, they'd be like, oh, are you American? They'd be like, you don't look American. And I was like, I am. I was like, I am American. Even if you don't know, I'm American. But it's important, as I said, to educate other people, but also for the personal experience. But unfortunately, I can't pretend, you know, like it'll be all rainbow and sunshines. I've had I've had my fair share of very, you know, racially insensitive encounters that were just just awful. Like, you know, explaining many times, like, oh, I am Black and Japanese. And people are just feeling like, oh, are you Chinese? And it's like, no, I'm not Chinese. I told you that like three times. Please mm -hmm. stop calling me Chinese. And, you know, you can't not do things. You can't not go abroad because of the ignorance of other people. I think going abroad and putting yourself out there in a safe way is really a great way to combat ignorance and to show people, you know, the diversity that is in the United States and the diversity of black people. We're not one monolithic group as many people try to think of us as. So, and I guess in terms of funding, as I also mentioned, depending where you go, it costs more, but as you, you know, being a Gilman scholar, if you can definitely apply for funding, if you're going somewhere that's really expensive, but I personally think it's also interesting and I think it's insightful to go somewhere the cost of living is lower because mm -hmm. it can also give you, you know, perspective to the privileges we have in the United States. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And um, regarding like support, um, what support from your peers or from staff or from locals in your country did you receive? I know that um, another common concern is, will I be supported if I go abroad, you know, like, um, are there people that are going to help me? So as from your experience, like what support did you receive from those around you, whether that's family, staff, or um, while you were abroad? So I received a lot of support, but it wasn't really through, um, it wasn't really through the program because there's only one coordinator. I started going to a church right next to the dorm and this like old couple that were in their 80s, they literally like took me in kind of like their granddaughter and they would like take me out 
to lunch after church and they were just so loving. They called me actually because I studied abroad when COVID happened. So when I got back, they called me and they were like, we were so worried about you because church had been closed for like a month. Mm -hmm. It was very abrupt. Like, you know, I really didn't get to say goodbye to anyone. It was kind of like everything was shut down. I had to go home Mm -hmm. and the the church in general was just so, so kind, always asking about me and where I was from. And then um, the friends, the friends that I made from Puerto Rico, are, are still people I talk to today. Like, honestly, sometimes I feel like I made quicker and like, no, I don't want to say better friendships, but I, I'm not someone who makes friends very easily. And to have only been in Puerto Rico for three months, I was like, wow, I made a lot of friends, more than I made at USC. <laughs> but the people literally, like, I love them so much. Like, you know, sometimes I look back with COVID and I think to myself, was that the right choice? And this is a, like a, a mushy thing to say, but even in spite of only being there for three months, like I, I would not change anything. I think I had such a beautiful experience there because of the people, honestly. Like it was just a, a wonderful thing. Well, that makes my heart so happy that you had such a positive experience. I'm so sorry about like COVID happening and everything, but um, yeah, just like hearing that you were supported so well, um, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> and so... Um, I think those are all of the questions that I have for you. Um, do you have like anything else that you may want to add? Anything that you think is important for other students to hear? Wow, a lot of things. I think I would just say anyone is interested in going to Puerto Rico. I always tell people um, they're more than welcome to message me on my Instagram or I guess if any form of my contact is like available through this. People are more than welcome to message me. I get I actually get questions like all the time about Puerto Rico and because it is a language immersion program, I will literally help people about paperwork. Like it, I know it is, it is a headache trying to go abroad. It is literally so terrible. Yeah. (laughs) I will offer any help, any, like no questions too small, honestly. All right. Well, thank you, Felicia. This was such a enriching conversation. Like I learned a lot and I know that people are going to learn a lot from this as well. Um, yeah, thank you. Do you have any closing remarks or anything? Uh, I guess I just want to say thank you to you for letting me <laughs> share my story. And if anyone listened to this whole thing of me talking, thank you to them too. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. That concludes today's episode. If you have any questions about study abroad resources, the National Student Exchange, or want to reach out to Felicia specifically, all of this information can be found in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and we will see you next time.